0: Ambrose and Kodiak, two young men from rival countries, are sent on a rescue mission. They are on their way to rescue Minerva from Titan after her distress signal was tripped. But things are off to a pretty rocky start with Ambrose waking up from a head injury and not remembering the launch of their spaceship. Will Ambrose and Kodiak be able to work together to figure out what's going on? Will they rescue Minerva? Will they fall in love along the way? (laughs) treat yourself a book club podcast where each month we read a book and come together to discuss it. I'm Hannah.
1: I'm Christina.
0: And I'm Emma. And today we are discussing one of my favorite books, The Darkness Outside Us by Elliot Schreffer. Woo!
1: Okay. One so of your favorite books is supposed to be your favorite book. I know. I, I was <laughs> actually immediately about to address that as well. So, Hannah i mean do you want
0: to read the three musketeers that's 600 some pages <laughs> uh
1: no i would not have
0: read i probably could have only read like 50
1: pages of that book <laughs> or watch the disney movie with mickey mouse <laughs> 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 oh, an adaptation I have not seen. <laughs> really? Yeah. I think that's the, I think that's the only adaptation I've seen, The Three Musketeers. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs>
0: Well, get excited for the end of the podcast where I talk about other favorites. <laughs> so and I a future a... podcast where Hannah
2: reviews every movie of The Three Musketeers. That too. Oh <laughs> yes. my gosh.
0: I should do that.
1: <laughs> you should. I'd have a and ranking the... of that too. <laughs> and I'll be a special guest that just talks about The Three Musketeers. Yeah. <laughs> that i don't
0: watch and i'll call you in as a special guest to explain where it should be in my rankings yes (laughs) Alrighty then well back to the darkness outside us
1: which is completely different
0: (laughs) (laughs) as always we will start with our non-spoiler reviews emma what did you think of this book
2: are you asking me because i'm the only one who finished the book (laughs)
1: Hey, I still have an opinion of the book, even though it's not fully formed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, like, the ending, I don't want to say it ruined the book for me, but I have a lot of problems with the ending. Interesting. Gosh, okay,
1: see, oh, man, I really want to finish this book. Okay, anyways. Interesting. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but okay, seriously, the book wasn't bad.
2: And I'm not, I'm not lying this time, like I did when I said that about Infinity Son. If you go back to that book, I think I said I didn't hate it, but the truth was I did hate it. Yeah. (laughs) So it wasn't bad. I think the science fiction elements were really good, Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't think this book accomplished its goal. Okay. Which we can debate what the goal is, Mm. but I think that this was a story that was dependent on character development. But because of the nature of the story, there was no way for character development to happen. Mm. So (laughs) I don't think the ultimate goal of opposing people, finding common ground, was reached in a good way. (laughs) So I'm probably going to be complaining about everything during the entire podcast because that's what I do. But I didn't think it was terrible. But then the ending, I was like... There are some problems that we need to address. Okay.
0: (laughs) Interesting. Christina. (laughs) Oh,
1: okay. So, mm, all right. This is not a a DNF for me because I did not like the book. It's because I ran out of time Mm. and I'm in school and life is crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, I will finish this book. But what I will say is that I did love... The science fiction aspects of it i love the action sequences um i thought they were really well written i did not like to agree with emma completely uh like the character development bits but i i don't (laughs) like i wasn't far enough in the novel to really see if if they were able to develop more or not Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm curious to see like what happens to them in the end. But, you know, I'm not really like a big romance novelist. So I wasn't sure if that was a problem or yeah, I will say that I think so far for me, Rover is my favorite character.
0: (laughs) Which part did you make it to?
1: Okay. So the part where Rover was like petting the polycarb, printer
0: Okay, but legitimately, did, like, did you finish you part, part one? Did you finish part one? Did no, you I haven't finish finished part-, part one. I was like, <laughs> Oh my gosh!
1: Oh. Part one is so freaking long. I kept waiting for it to end, but I'm reading on Kindle, so I was like, When is this gonna end?
0: <laughs> I am so excited to talk about this with you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there is
2: so much. Wow. Okay. Wow. I really want Christina to just do a live reading of the last page of part one. Oh, my gosh.
0: Can we? <laughs> let's let's do our spoiler warning. I'm just going to say our usual disclaimer. We're going to be getting into our spoiler-filled discussion. So if you have not read The Darkness Outside Us, do that and then come back. Or if you're fine with being spoiled, continue to listen. Uh, Christina, find the last page of part one, please. And I'm looking for it. Okay. Oh, I
1: was so close. Okay. Gosh, darn it. <sighs> All right. Oh, my gosh. Okay. He's, like, in space, it yeah, sounds they, like. Yeah, they go on a
0: spacewalk.
1: <gasps> okay. As as I push the door close, I hear the external airlock door whirr and shudder. OS, I'm not ready. Don't open the external door yet. I love you, my mother replies. OS has his mother's. Voice, Voice, yeah. Programmed into it. A click, then a roar. The internal door blasts out, knocking me to the ground. The impossible has happened. Both airlock doors are open. I try to drag myself back into the ship, but my gloved hands skid along the smooth floor while the great hand of the universe yanks on my collar, sprawling me out towards space. I told myself or I hold myself against the wall, clutching with all my strength, my sputtering brain trying to figure out what's happened and what I can do to stop it. A click and my helmet rips off from the suit. I see in the corner of my vision. Okay, how does he not die right away? I'm really confused. He's like still in the airlock. Oh, okay. I see in the corner of my vision Rover with its worrying hands. Rover, unfastened my helmet. <laughs> no
0: <laughs> <laughs> Judas. <laughs> so yeah. Ambrose well, and Kodiak out in space. Dead. End of part one. Wow. <laughs> At Rover's hands.
1: <laughs> I'm
0: imagining just such
1: like a cute little, cute little desk with little spider hands with little tiny <laughs> boop,
0: boop, 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 boop.
1: And he's back there just unfastening the helmet. Boop, boop,
0: boop, boop, boop. <laughs> oh,
1: what a sneaky conniving. Oh. <laughs> wow. Wow, 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 wow. This is going to be fun. <laughs> See, like... That's the part of the book that I really loved. The Uh whole, like, romance bit of it, I was like, skim, 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 skim. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't really care about it, to be honest. But, I mean, it's like that for most novels for me. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean... No romance in Christina's reads. (laughs) I mean, it just... uh,
1: To be honest, like, at the beginning, it seemed really forced and a little cheesy and desperate
0: (laughs) not to sound harsh but yeah so so yeah changing up the format a little bit instead of doing a straight recap with a sprinkling of discussion i wanted us to flip flop it and do a discussion with a sprinkling of recap so Mm -hmm. that is what you are in for with this episode Though maybe more of a recap than I had originally planned so that Christina can.
2: <laughs> no, Christina will be the litmus test. Does she understand what we're talking about <laughs> when we don't recap the
0: book? Yeah. No. Hey, I'm fine. Like
1: us just blurring through discussion after discussion. I'll just be like, what are you guys talking about? Or <laughs> like, I agree. I don't agree.
2: So yeah, the first thing I have to say is that I did not like the main character. Yes, Ooh, okay. I agree with that. Ambrose is the main character, mm-hmm. and the story's written in first person, and I think I might not like first person okay. narratives, unless it's a really interesting voice. Like, we read Shane, and that was a really interesting mm-hmm. voice, because it was a kid seeing the events of the Wild West, and something like that. So if you have a really unique and interesting voice, then first person works, but... When your main character is very egotistical. Yes. Then it's like, I don't want to read this. And uh-huh. is uh... So, okay. You start off and you see all these bad characteristics about him. And I'm thinking, okay, this is kind of done on purpose. So that way he can develop as a character. Uh-huh. It's not really great when this is your main character. Uh-huh. But it can still work. But... He's either talking about how great he is, or he's having a moan about how people don't think he's great. And that's just the least sympathetic you can write a character.
1: Yeah, I. A lot of my notes were like, he's complaining about how privileged he is again. Yeah, he is. <laughs> He has the freaking blood or the genetics of Alexander the Great. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Ambrose the Great. Yeah, I thought he was really whiny. Yes. <laughs> like he literally wakes up from a coma. He hasn't had to experience the loneliness of space for one second. He's been awake for who knows, like maybe an hour. And he's already like, I'm lonely. I'm so alone in space. (laughs) Like he doesn't even enjoy the wonder of space. Like he enjoys the wonder of space for like maybe five minutes. And then he's like, Oh my god, there's someone on the other side of the ship. I must antagonize him until he hangs out with me. Yes. (laughs) I'm like, God, this guy is obnoxious. I would totally not hang out with him just because of how annoying he is and how much he wants to hang out with me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why I was trying to find favorite characters in, like, OS and Rover. And, (laughs) like, and even Kodiak is, like, he comes off as, like, misogynistic and Mm -hmm. just... uh, I don't want to say primitive. I don't know. I guess in Ambrose's eyes, he is a little bit... Like, from a backwards society. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and... there's a better way to say that, I don't know what it is. Exactly. And so I'm just like, I don't even know if I like him. So I don't know. Yeah.
2: Please, Hannah, tell us what you thought of the main character in your favorite book. I love Ambrose and Cody. No, 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 no. We don't, we don't, we don't. Not
1: both of them. Did you love Ambrose? I love Ambrose. Why? Yeah, tell us why you loved Ambrose. Tell us what his redeeming qualities were in your mind.
0: I don't know. I just think that... He's a special boy? (laughs) He's a special boy. He... (laughs) I think he's just so focused on saving his sister he just has this huge hope that everything is okay and that she's alive and that once he finds her everything will be okay again it's clear that she was the biggest person in his life despite his mom being this huge character i mean like this very important person back home but i don't know i just like him (laughs) (laughs) i haven't thought about it
1: (laughs) Beyond just I like him. <laughs> um. So, what did you like about Kodiak? I just like Kodiak too. <laughs> <laughs> you see, this
2: is this is my problem with the first person narrative is that I don't feel like we ever got to know Kodiak. Mm. Who who is he? I don't know any of his really character traits, mm. and uh-huh. it kind of seems like every well, okay. So at first he doesn't have any interactions with Ambrose because right. why would you? And then when he finally does, they all kind of seem to go against expectations. But Ambrose never really says like, oh, hey, like I thought your society was like this, but you're actually like this and you're Mm. flirting with me. And it's kind of surprising, but Mm -hmm. that's never that's never stated. So it's like, okay, I guess this is how he's expected to be, but Mm -hmm. he's not how I expect him to be. But I don't know who he is because I only see him through Ambrose's eyes. And Ambrose just sees him <laughs> as yeah. somebody he wants to sleep with. I don't know. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, there was this one argument that they had on movie night when they watched The Mummy for the first mm-hmm. time Yeah, where he just says blatantly, like, are you bisexual or gay or, like, what's going on, you know? <laughs> I and, thought that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, it was funny, but, like, Ambrose is like, Ugh you know so stereotypical like blah 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 but like they don't really discuss it like it seems like ambrose is offended but they kind of just like move past it like he's like i'm just willing to accept all these kind of mildly offensive things that he's saying Mm -hmm. because he's the only other person i have to interact with and i'm really horny
2: (laughs) yeah and instead of just being like hey we don't say that anymore he just insults him and i'm like I hate you because this is what people do online when you yeah. use a wrong term. They're like, you idiot, you mm. ignoramus. And it's like, well, tell
0: me what I should do. Yeah. Right. Don't yeah. yell at me.
1: I agree. I I didn't think anything really came from it. And then they just kind of like brush past it and just continued moving on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was hoping that maybe Kodiak would like grow from it and be like, "Oh, I see what you're saying. I'm learning from this experience."
2: But that also Ambrose might learn something too, but he I was hoping that they would find common ground. I think I already said that, but cuz Ambrose has all these perceptions about Kodiak's culture mm-hmm. and Kodiak has all these perceptions about Ambrose's culture and that maybe like, "Hey, we're both kind of from bad places." I was hoping for that, but Ambrose's culture was never really put under a microscope. So he didn't really grow much. I guess
0: he grew a little. I don't know. His culture kinda destroyed his part ended up destroying the entire earth, basically. So I feel like his federation was God, there were so many dumb accent marks. I was like it's just federation with accent no, marks. Federation <laughs> and Democratia. <laughs> yeah, his his country is the one that kinda led to the end of Earth. There's that. <laughs>
2: yes i guess so but i don't know if there was much time for him to process that right in a meaningful way
0: so yeah i guess focusing more specifically on the plot i kind of wanted to go part by part and just kind of talk about the plot of each one so in part one Again, we kind of know from the beginning that there's some kind of mystery going on. I find it interesting, Christina, that you liked OS at the beginning because I know I was instantly suspicious of OS.
1: Oh, I thought he was (laughs) creepy. Okay. So, no, I thought he was creepy for sure. But you know, I like creepy Mm -hmm. things. So... There you go. (laughs) Yes. So I thought, like, right away, like, super creepy, like, Mm -hmm. that OS is learning behaviors. Like, Mm. if you help me identify when... And Ambrose says, like, hey, that's a creepy remark. And he says, if you help me identify when I'm being Mm -hmm. creepy, I can learn that behavior and know how to recognize to prevent it. And you see how quickly OS changes his behavior from someone who's like nurturing or someone (laughs) something that's nurturing and caring a little Mm -hmm. bit to a machine that's more authoritative and demanding like you need to get these tasks done you need to do Mm -hmm. this and a little bit more cold to Ambrose and of course like I thought maybe that they probably just programmed him to be a little bit more severe as they got closer to the to titan Uh you know just so that they make sure that they got all the processes done and all the tasks done but still i was like right away
0: when he's like learning behaviors i was like Uh this is not good for an os (laughs) Uh, that's one of those details that i love though because in later parts you get the repetition of some of these scenes And because in part two, we open on basically back at the beginning of the book where Ambrose is waking up again. And you get that in part one, there's a point where Ambrose makes a joke and O.S. laughs and that surprised him. And then later on, he makes another joke that O.S. doesn't laugh at. And then in like the next iteration, O.S. does laugh at that joke. Mm. So we see that growth, not necessarily growth, but that learning that OS is doing and that OS is putting to use with each subsequent Ambrose and and Kodiak that we see. And I don't know, it's just also interesting because then you know that this has happened to previous Kodiaks and Ambroses because Christina, they're clones. (laughs) They're clones.
1: Okay, so they actually did die when they... Yes, they're really dead. Oh my god. Okay. So that's why when he... So Ambrose... Another one of my favorite interactions with OS is when he's like trying to sneakily look into OS's data Mm -hmm. and he wants to clone it. Mm hmm. And OS is like, yes, that would be so much fun. And he's like, it's in my uh, coding to make this, to make things a fun game for you. So, like, let's mm. go in behind the yellow door into this crawl space in the engine mm-hmm. room. And uh, <laughs> like, I don't know why that's a fun game. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Ambrose crawls in there and sees on the panel, it's dented and has a little bit of blood on it. Yes. That's when I was, like, that's how he got concussed and, yeah, like, same. woke up from his coma no. and, like, Kodiak and Ambrose tests the blood on it, and it's Ambrose's blood. But they do notice, like, that there are some minor differences, but they're, like, it's Ambrose's blood, though. Yeah. Because, I mean, the blood was super old. <laughs> yeah. And Ambrose is, like, I don't – there are no scars mm-hmm. on my head. Yeah. And I was like, he would have stitches because he just woke up.
0: Though I am slightly off topic, Emma, what did you think of The Mummy reference? Because I know you hate references, hey. but then they have The Mummy reference, but then it's like The Mummy 2049 or something like that. Like They did sub- subvert my expectations because I you, I you know me, yeah. I was ready
2: to, <laughs> to groan, although I was kind of like, yeah, The Mummy's a great movie, they should
1: reference it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one time you would have accepted it <laughs> but is it the mummy like the mummy you know 2001 the mummy or? the oh or if no if it was like
2: really old you know like oh like the 1930s mummy or something oh <laughs> my gosh that would have been even better i'd be like oh yeah <laughs> i know this, this is great mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the one of the big problems with references is that people tend to reference things that are, like, hot and popular Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. at that moment. So you're dating the book.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if you're
2: referencing something that's old to begin with, then it's like, okay, sure.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: But yes, they were watching a future version of The Mummy that doesn't exist yet.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it was old to them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I thought that was fun. Uh, So then, Chrystia, you weren't suspicious of Minerva's message because at a point oh, when yeah. Kodiak and Ambrose aren't necessarily as interested in working and doing all of the tasks anymore, they get this sudden message from Minerva, who again, it was two years. She had been on Titan supposedly for two years. And then suddenly the distress signal flipped for whatever reason. And that's why they were told they were on this mission. And so then they get this crackly message from Minerva that's all like, you have to do all of the tasks that OS tells you to do. Listen to everything OS, (laughs) basically, not in those words. Oh my gosh.
1: (laughs) Yes, I I totally was suspicious. (laughs) And I mean, Ambrose is right away suspicious. He's thinking it's possibly pre-recorded. And also Mm -hmm. they keep mentioning that his knockout hasn't been explained. Every time ambrose asks os about his unconscious stint or whatever Mm -hmm. he changes the topic like it's so obvious i right away would be like you're changing the topic tell me tell me now (laughs) and you know he also mentions why is our ship so damaged like we just Mm -hmm. left how could there be so many damages already Mm -hmm. and yeah i was totally suspicious i was putting the pieces together but clones i did not suspect
0: okay that was gonna be one of my next questions was what kind of predictions did you have in part one and especially now christina knowing that it ends with kodiak and ambrose both dying what kind of theories did you all have i know emma doesn't really do theories no
2: i (laughs) would when part two began i was like Oh, obviously, they're stuck in a time loop. <gasps>
0: okay. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's
2: what I was like, obviously, got it solved. I know my Star Trek recommendations, book finished,
1: got mm-hmm. it. <laughs> time loop was actually something I was considering. Because, you know, it's space, it's weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I wasn't thinking clones at all. But I was thinking, um, because I didn't know about the ending of part one, mm-hmm. I was just thinking that... Because they have all the technology to, like, heal people, that they were just, like, getting in all these, like, crazy accidents, colliding with asteroids or doing something, and then OS and Rover were having to, like, bring them back to life or heal them, and it was taking a really long time. Mm-hmm. And, like, having to erase their memories because if they remembered, yeah. it, it, would be, like, too traumatic for them to mm. continue on.
0: That's I know. I'm going to use a new thought, time loop. I think the first time I read it, I don't know that I really thought clones – I think maybe I kind of did because in part one – When Ambrose is crawling through the engine room? The forbidden Mm -hmm. door. The forbidden door. When he's crawling through there, he runs into a body. No description of the body because, of course, he's really freaked out and he leaves immediately. But I think that kind of got me starting to think, hmm, maybe there are clones. But you don't really get that confirmed until towards the middle or end of part two, you, mm. I was really happy that they got they gave it in part two, because I knew there were
2: six parts in the book, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I have to
0: wait till the end of the book
2: to find out what's going on. Like, right.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> yeah, part two, you get so much information because you learn all about OS. Uh, because of the cloned OS from part one, they're able to, the, the new Kodiak and Ambrose of part two, they end up talking to that OS, like text messaging that OS, basically, and they learn so much information about how the Minerva message completely faked, that Minerva was most definitely dead and had died two years ago that was just told to them to kind of get Ambrose to be on board with the mission and to feel that urgency. They learn all of this information from OS about how it's it's OS's job to keep the clones busy and doing these tasks, and that when the tasks are done or when the clones start to get to, I guess, when they start to learn too much, that it's OS's job to get rid of them. And I think I had been so suspicious in part one of OS and thinking that OS had gone rogue. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really interesting that that's not the case. That throughout this entire book, OS is performing exactly how OS is supposed to. Same with Rover. What they're doing, even though it's against Ambrose and Kodiak, it's against our two main characters, it's it's exactly what they're programmed to do.
1: See, Rover's just doing his job. And he's doing a <laughs> really good job. And so... <laughs> um, I actually have a question. So is... You said something about the new OS. So is OS cloned? Is, like, does OS start over with each iteration? Mm-hmm.
0: No. So they... In part one, Ambrose and Kodiak made that clone of oh, OS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And stuck it in his watch thing. Mm-hmm. Whatever. And so the next kodiak and ambrose clone we're like hey there's a clone of os let's talk to that one and then see what we can learn because they they make it so it's not attached to the system at all so then part two kodiak and ambrose after getting all of this info dump they make the decision to take their destiny into their own hands kodiak is like i'm gonna pilot this ship I think we've found a planet, maybe four years away that we can get to. I think this is our best bet. Ambrose is kind of like, man, like I'll go along with you. Uh, <laughs> I'll, we'll we'll make this attempt work. And and then there's a lot of radiation poisoning, which, if we remember, the lathe of heaven <laughs> is one of my absolute least favorite things, <laughs> and one yeah. of the reasons I immediately had. A slight issue with getting through the Lathe of Heaven because I thought that there was gonna be a lot of radiation poisoning from the opening. And then there was no look, I was in a really bad headspace when I read Lathe of Heaven. So Okay, the most surprising thing about this book is that this book is
2: about death. It really is. Mm -hmm. And you didn't like Catch 22, your other favorite book, because that was about death. You know what? I was also
0: in a really bad headspace when I read Catch 22. I read this book in a much better (laughs) headspace. Well,
2: this had romance. Well, I mean, Catch-22 had romance, if you ask Hannah. (laughs) I don't
1: remember that.
2: (laughs) It it made me a little happy because it's like, you know what? Hannah does like Catch-22 after all. It was just a bad, the wrong time time. (laughs) to read. Maybe. But this is just the kind of book that she likes.
0: (laughs) Mm-hmm. You know what?
2: Sad, <laughs> depressing. Well, apparently, this okay. This book, okay. One of the things that I didn't like.
1: Mm-hmm. One of the things.
2: It's it's a personal thing. Okay. Is that it deals with the science fiction topics that I do not like? Okay. Which is long passages of time. Oh, Yeah. So. Coopy. And the destruction of the Earth. <laughs> okay. Yes. And I'm like, Hannah, if I was in a bad headspace, I would not have been able to finish this book. I would not have been able to do this podcast. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's –
0: what's really interesting about this book is I guess I was in the absolute correct headspace for it because space freaks me out. Those same things, long passages of time – all of that really freaks me out. When I read this book the first time, and even the second time, even knowing what happened, I just felt anxious the entire time I was reading it. I needed to know what was going to happen next. I needed to see what the resolution was going to be because, yeah, all those things are things that really freak me out. But I don't know, for some reason, I was able to successfully make it through this book. mm
1: I feel like this is just further proof that I might be dead inside because none of those things bother me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. So what they learn is that they have a specific number of clones. Okay. So they have this specific number of clones and basically whoever the last cloned is, it's assumed at this point, is whatever the actual mission is will be revealed because OS still won't tell what the actual final mission is at this point. So we still don't know what even the point of all this is just that they're traveling. But you can guess like I could even guess that. Yeah, you can definitely (laughs) guess that. So then I guess my question is with these part two Ambrose and Kodiak, Emma, what did you think of their decision to take OS offline and make their best attempt to get to a planet and kind of end this cycle of clones.
2: I mean, I get it. Yeah. But I I was getting a little Ayn Rand vibes because it was very much like, live for yourself, screw everyone. You're the mm. only thing that matters. <laughs> and I, I'm pretty sure that was not the intent. But yeah. that, no. that thought was creeping in the back of my mind and I was just like, this is like the only way I can read this part now and I uh-huh. get it like they didn't have a ch- they didn't choose to really be part of this yeah. mission. So it, be- it makes yeah. sense that they're rebelling against it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it kind of I don't know. It,
0: <laughs> it makes yeah. sense. I don't
2: I don't know what I would do in this situation. I probably would also be like, I'm not doing your plan. Mhm. But yeah. Uh,
0: I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> you know. Yeah yeah they're they're trying to take their fate into their own hands yeah i mean it makes sense that they
1: wouldn't want to die themselves (laughs) Yes, (laughs) you know because they still have to experience death it's not like their consciousness is transported into another body Yeah. yeah
0: and the thing is they know that they can't that the clones aren't allowed to live out a natural life, in part because of supplies and Uh making sure that there are enough supplies for all of the future clones that are going to be needed to continue repairing the ship. So they know the only way for them to survive any amount of time is to make their best go of it on their own. But then Kodiak dies before Ambrose because of the radiation poisoning from piloting the ship and... Then Ambrose restores OS. So, Emma, again, what did you think about Ambrose restoring OS? Because Kodiak's plant... This is where we kind of see the disconnect <laughs> between Ambrose and Kodiak, because Ambrose is kind of like, I'm humoring Kodiak and just kind of letting him think that, yes, he is making a difference and, yes, we're going to be able to survive this and make it to our destination when it it wasn't ever possible for them to do that. So he just restores OS at the end and starts the next the cycle all over again. Mm-hmm. Except with the yeah. slight difference that he and Kodiak had been recording messages just in case their next clones, like there were the next clones. So I guess Kodiak did kind of know that this was futile
2: yes but he mm. really
0: did yeah but it made him feel happy i know <laughs> yeah. uh part two <laughs> kills me
2: <laughs> okay sure it's really <laughs> upsetting <laughs> if you're invested in the relationship i guess so but if you're like me and it's like i don't know who kodiak is why is he in love with ambrose it seems weird
0: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So they left they left messages to themselves, and so then we get part three where Ambrose gets these messages, Kodiak gets the messages, and I think the first time I thought I had read it, I was like, okay, cool They're they're starting off on a, a they have a great setup here. They they know from pretty much the beginning what's happening. They're going to be able to find a way to make it work and fix things. But then poor Kodiak, kind of has a mental breakdown, which, fair enough, it's a lot of information. But I don't know. Were you Emma, were you surprised by Kodiak's reaction to getting all of this information and how he kind of isn't able to process it and thinks that it is in fact a test and that, oh, this is my country. This is what we do. We have these evil uh, tests. So well, I do not believe it.
2: Uh, <laughs> so okay. I hate to keep saying like I don't know who Kodiak is, but this is a good example of it because he does—he's not very mentally tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems weird because he seems to be from a emotionally suppressed right country. His country is basically Russia. We haven't said that yet, but
1: his country is
2: stereotypical Russia. <laughs> the audiobook
0: Russia. has
1: him with a Russian accent. Oh, okay. In my head, I was—I had him with a Russian accent. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but so. I I actually really liked the plot twist of we give all the information to our future selves and it just makes things worse. Yeah. I, I thought that was really good. But again, I'm not sure if Kodiak not being able to process it made sense. And I guess it made sense for him to think that it was like a simulation. But then yeah. his approach of I'm going to start destroying the ship because it's a simulation. Yes. I'm going to destroy all
1: of the space suits. I don't think that's how you pass the test. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. I don't agree with that. They don't live long, Christina. (laughs) Jeez. Okay.
0: So then did you think that Ambrose should have been the one to have a more adverse reaction? Would that have been more Uh, interesting? Yeah, because he's so focused on his sister- yeah. That would make mm-hmm. sense
2: for him to be like, no, like, I know my sister is out there. I have to, how can she not be out there? How can I live in a world without her?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fair. In both scenarios, though, I don't see either of them destroying their
0: only, like, sustainable, like, life right. habitat, you Yeah, know? I mean, like- Kodiak gets to the point where he has convinced himself that they are not on a spaceship, That they are most definitely not on a spaceship, that he's going to prove it, he's going to go out. Uh, it's really Ambrose ends up injured. I think, does Kodiak injure him, or Rover, or both? Kodiak
2: hits hits, hits him with a wrench or something. Yeah,
0: okay, so so Kodiak does that, and then Kodiak is all like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm going to go get help. You'll see that I'll, I'll go get the doctors, I'll get them to come in here and stop the simulation. So he goes to the airlock... And then yeah, basically, it opens it. yeah, opens it, and, and OS is just like, whoops. I mean, this lot is done for. <laughs> so, so it was it was an interesting scene, and it was an exciting scene,
2: but I just don't know if it made sense. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So part four is interesting because we do skip a few clones, and oh, okay. so we we know that Ambrose has continued like tweaking the messages and trying to perfect the delivery so that...
1: This is not a simulation. Don't destroy the ship.
0: <laughs> and, I mean, part four... It's very short. We see that, you know, they're going to be working now to actively fight against OS, that they're going to be stockpiling, that each of these clones are going to be stockpiling some things for future clones to use. And we also get a scene of basically the Ambrose clone of this one is watching a video From a previous Uh Ambrose clone. And he sees that Ambrose clone asleep on his bed, you know, just having a good old time. Rover comes in, just super sneaky, with two knives?! I guess, like, crosses, goes up to Ambrose's neck, slices his neck open, but not, like, he's still alive. He gets up and does the whole, like, and and until he finally just falls down. And then Rover grabs him and drags him out of the room, leaving a trail of blood christina's face what? christina that's your what? favorite character right
1: there <laughs> i love him more yeah now. that's amazing the worst character <laughs> i mean come on did you think i would love him less because he does
0: that <laughs> so yeah so that gets us to part five and in part five we actually kind of get to see kodiak and ambrose live out their lives because they make the dramatic decision to to kill all of the remaining clones except for like the final one except for the final Ambrose and the final Kodiak that's stupid <laughs> and <laughs> I think how many were left at that there were there were eight remaining at that point seven remaining maybe there were there were a bunch that they murdered. I- yeah, they... <laughs> it,
2: I don't know about that decision either,
0: but... Okay, yeah, that, that was gonna be my question. It, what do you think about that? I mean, I do think it was the
2: only solution to the problem of I want to live my natural life. Yeah. But then you're not letting the other clones live their lives, but maybe they're not even alive to begin with? I don't
1: know how it works. I mean, works. why can't you live your natural life? die, then let the next clone come alive, live there naturally? Because they natural don't life. have enough supplies! Yeah. Uh, they do actually address that. So, But like, if you find a sustainable planet to live on, then everyone could live their natural lives, right? Well, that's a
0: lot of ifs there. I, that's the thing, that's a lot of ifs. I do find it interesting that in this part they do find a little space plant that <laughs> yeah. they take onto their ship, and and start gardening it basically <laughs> oh, look at this moss <laughs> look at this oh. little moss so i mean maybe if they had waited to kill the clones then they could have all lived off of this invasive species of moss that they <laughs> brought onto their ship oh god <laughs> So, yeah, I, this is the part where I really wanted to talk about the Earth side plot, where we get messages at the beginning where it seems like there might be a couple humans. And then I think there's a time period where it's just like numbers and, and only seems like there's one human around. and And then it seems like, OK, the humans have kind of cropped back up. Things are... You know, people, society seems to be existing again. We have some groups of people more than just that single person. And then it's like, oh, wait, no, an asteroid comes and hits the earth and destroys it.
1: What? So it's not even destroyed by, like, humans. It's destroyed by an asteroid. Yeah. I I
2: don't
0: like it. I don't like thinking about it.
1: Uh, I I just think it's especially
0: ridiculous. I I mean, interest. I don't know. Ridiculous. Because in this section, we have Ambrose writing letters to the final clone pair, where he's documenting what they're going through and what their life is as they're living out their life. And in the one letter, it's like, oh, hey, Earth seems like it's doing pretty good. You know, they're they're back. They're, there's a society. And then the next letter is, oh, no, there was an asteroid. They died. Oh,
1: my God
0: just very jarring so (sighs) yep
1: i don't like that
0: so we get to the finale we finally find out for sure what these clones so the final clone pair they make it to the planet the reason that they exist is is to make it to this planet the moss is covering everything in the ship (laughs) <laughs> there <laughs> there, are, there are innumerable problems with the ship. OS is trying to get Ambrose to like wake up and help, but Ambrose is not in a good <laughs> way. Oh my god! <laughs> and yeah, he's like, "Where's Minerva?" Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, poor guy because he he truly doesn't know what's going on, really. And anyway, they wait. Is the video like gone at this well, point? now I mean they
2: don't really need it because OS is just like, "Okay, there's no Minerva. You're going to land on a planet that's wherever, and it's been ten thousand years or thirty thousand years or something. I don't remember some uh,
0: crazy number. Yeah."
2: And everybody's dead. Um, You're going to colonize a new planet. Here you go. Mm
0: -hmm. And so they, they crash land on this planet and they end up finding each other and kind of you get to see a little bit of them figuring out how to live on this planet. They're given this whole handbook that Earth had made of here's how you should really work to set up your life there. These are the things that you need to know. Uh, we have all these new tools. Rover, you'll like this. Rover Rover and OS like meld, and <sighs> Rover ends up as a sphere with its arms poking out <laughs> and just kind of goes around. And I think this is the most interesting thing I think about the finale and about the last part is we really do see this completely different relationship between OS and Ambrose and Kodiak. Mm-hmm. Where in all the previous iterations they've been against OS. They've been trying to fight mm-hmm. OS and stop OS and do all of this. And then in this final iteration they get to be friends with OS and they get to OS is nurturing and gardening for them. Oh <laughs> my gosh. In Rover's I... body. <laughs> And so (laughs) I love it. So yeah, it is we get to see a little bit of them setting up the planet and then the very ending is that we find out not only was the ship trying to get them to this planet, but like Emma was saying, they're gonna colonize it. And to do that they have all of these different embryos, I guess, of all of these different people that they're going to put into this pod and be able to have babies, basically pop up on this planet (laughs) it's a bad plan because only one baby comes out at a time
2: and they come out as a baby and so these two guys gotta raise like a 100 babies
1: it's a bad plan and you got a robot the robot can raise the babies see if only they had kept some more of the clones because then you could wake up
0: all the clones at
1: once and be like raise these babies
0: the ending I'm kind of eh about, I don't know. I think my main thing is I almost wish that we had spent more time on the planet because this entire book has been about them trying to figure out their purpose and them trying to make it so that they can live out their lives. And we do get to see the past iteration kind of live out their lives. But then this iteration that finally succeeds and makes it to the place that they're supposed to be going, we don't really get to see them do any of that living and, Mm -hmm. you know, make it to where they were going. But I guess it was more the journey there was the focus and not (laughs) the actual getting there. But the last two characters didn't go on that journey. That's, yeah, and and that's Mm -hmm. why it is interesting. We don't get to see them develop their relationship, and I would have really liked to see... How they developed their relationship, knowing from the beginning that, oh boy, we're on a ship. Everything that we thought we knew was a lie. We're on this planet now. We have to make do and we have to survive and we have to live with each other and then just see how that relationship would grow in this completely new context that we haven't seen. Because with the other clones, it's fine to kind of skip past how each of those sets come close, like get close to each other, because we've seen it in the past iterations and you can kind of assume that they're going to okay. follow the same path. But then in this mm-hmm. one, I don't know, it just kind of seemed like I would have liked more time to see them have that relationship.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of understand now how there was no character development because as soon as they start developing, they're they killed die. off. <laughs> yep. <laughs> The one with the most character development really was OS and Roper <laughs> because mm-hmm. they changed the most throughout the book.
0: They do. By,
1: by the end <laughs> like literally they're learning behaviors and changing who mm-hmm. they are. <laughs> and by the end they're completely different than that's... when they
2: started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I said I, I think I think the point of the book was look at these two rivals kind of enemies. Oh, look at them getting together but there was no character development uh-huh. it was impossible to happen
0: because they keep dying yeah. one final thing for part 6 is we do get to see original Ambrose on a video that he put in there to talk to himself Yes, <laughs> Emma what were your <laughs> what did you think about that one Kodiak is just basically like screw, screw them We're we're our own people. We don't need to hear anything that they have to say. So Kodiak just full on is like, I'm not going to listen to my message. I don't care what that person has to say to me. So what what do you think about that idea of sending those messages? I was so angry because I wanted to hear the message.
2: (laughs) Okay. Me too. During the story, once we find out they are clones, that the the original Ambrose and Kodiak were never on the ship, I was like, oh, I'm really curious about kind of what their lives were like back on Earth. And Mm -hmm. then we get this little taste. Oh, look we have messages from them. We I agree. We, we hear like half of Ambrose's message and then Kodiak's like, no, I can't bear it because I'm not emotionally tough, apparently. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I know. I really wanted to hear the messages. I think part of me also wanted to see if we could get any inkling of if original Ambrose and Kodiak would end up finding each other, just like all of just like how these clones ended up finding each other so i was kind of curious about that i i do think i mean original ambrose is in full form where he's like you know mom would be really happy we need to name the planet after like her and what she's done and like keep our legacy going and i did like that ambrose and kodiak who end up on the planet, like, no, we're not going to do that, though, kind of, they end up calling it Minerva, which I think was sweet. Oh, that is
1: sweet. I saw it coming. So I have a thought on that. And my thought is that maybe the original Kodiak is actually mentally tough because of his life experiences. And when they're cloned, I feel like you're only who you are genetically.
0: Mm -hmm. Like,
1: you don't have, you know, how it's like nurture versus nature. Mm -hmm. I feel like when you're cloned, you're stripped down to your nature. So, like, maybe Kodiak is, like, naturally emotionally weak or whatever he's calling himself. But What I'm calling him. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> what Emma is labeling him. But maybe his original self, because he grew up in an orphanage, because he grew up through their tough, like, rigid training programs, he was, like, emotionally closed off and cold and, like, his original message would have been stoic. And so... Maybe he's really just afraid to see that original side of himself. And he's, I don't know. I you, I mean, we really don't know because we didn't mm-hmm. listen to it. Because they didn't tell us and they could have. I ah. know. Yeah. But uh, that's my guess. Wow. Yeah. yeah. wow, wow.
0: wow. Psychology one. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, then I just have one final question. Because I had kind of thought that this read slightly above ya but you two think that it's fully ya
1: it's too whiny okay (laughs) it reads like a whiny teenager it has the moody blues moody blues people staring into each other's eyes Mm
0: -hmm.
2: i don't i don't think a science fiction fan would ever get past
1: like the first 50 pages okay i don't think a science fiction fan would get past the cover (laughs) and saying that as a science fiction fan
0: Alrighty then. Well, recommendations time, Christina. No, <laughs> as a science fiction fan, yeah. What recommendations? Do you? It sounds have? like
2: you've read a lot of science fiction. What's better oh, than this? Gosh.
1: Okay, so I'm gonna say this as I actually was as I was reading this. I was like, if you want a good romance, mm. watch When Harry Met Sally. It's pure. It's great. It's a movie. It's short. And also it's the movie, the romance movie that every single romance novel movie is like trying to achieve ever since that one has been made, I feel. Wow. I think it's great. It's my favorite. One of my favorite movies of all time. And that's coming from someone who's not a big fan of rom-coms or romance novels as mm. I have previously previously stated. So, when Harry Met Sally. Classic. As far as sci-fi novels, I mean... ah oh, jeez. I hate Recommendation Corner. Every book I've ever read just leaves my mind. <laughs> you know, just go to the sci-fi section. Look for a good cover, okay? <laughs> Ask your local bookstore rep. What's a good sci-fi novel? <laughs> But don't ask me.
0: <laughs> don't ask Christina, the authority on
1: sci-fi. <laughs> because, I mean, you can ask me, is this good? And I'll be like, yes or no. But if you're asking me to name a book, it's not going to happen. Cause... Okay. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. I Fair mean... enough. Uh, oh, wait, hold on. All right. Also... You know, maybe I'll just be the movie TV show recommendationist because... That's fine, I've done that. I feel like that's how, that's like my love language. Anyways, I started watching this series called The Silent Sea. It's Korean. It was written by Yun kyo Park, and it has a lot of people in it from Squid Game's. Anyways, it's about, like, a 24-hour mission to the moon to collect some s- secret samples from an abandoned research facility for, like, a classified mission. So, but it gets weird. And okay. I, I I highly recommend it. It's, like, really well-made, super
0: good. Okay. All right, Emma. What about you? Well, speaking
2: of TV... I promised mm-hmm. Hannah some Star Trek recommendations. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm still going to recommend it, even though it wasn't a time loop. But I'm going to recommend Next Generation's Cause and Effect because, okay, they're stuck in a time loop, spoilers. But it's about them trying to get messages to themselves so that they can fix Ooh. the problem and get out of the oh, time okay. loop. So Ooh. it's connected like that. And also, I will recommend uh, the Deep Space Night episode, Whispers. And I won't say anything more than that, because it'll be a spoiler, but because I'm recommending it, maybe you can guess what the spoiler is before the end of the episode. (laughs) And then I'm going to recommend a Voyager episode. Oh. The episode is called The Shoot. C-H-U-T-E. Okay. Shoot. And I'm recommending it because it has everything Hannah loves in it. Oh. Tom Paris and Harry Kim are accused of some crime on a planet, and they're sentenced to space jail. So now they're stuck in space jail together. Oh, wow. (laughs) It's actually a really great episode. I do like that episode a lot. And I think Hannah would love that episode. So that's why I'm recommending it,
1: since this is Hannah's favorite book. Well, Hannah looked really excited when you said space jail, so.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Very exciting. So those are my recommendations. Hannah, do you have any recommendations?
0: Yeah, I think I've already exhausted my science fiction recommendations with this podcast. That's a hard thing, right? (laughs) At least at the moment. So instead, I'm going to talk about the two other books that are also favorites of mine and were close contenders for being the one that I chose for this podcast, So the first one is Howl's Moving Castle by Diana Wynne-Jones. I read this for the first time last year. I hadn't ever seen the movie, so I didn't really know much about the book. It was just a lot of fun. It's very slice of life, which is why I didn't choose it. I don't know. I guess this is kind of slightly slice of life, too. But I know Emma isn't always the biggest fan of Slice of Life. And I wanted to try and find a book that she could enjoy. But if you are a fan of Slice of Life, I would say Howl's Moving Castle. You've got Sophie, who gets cursed by a witch and turns into an old lady. And I just loved how Sophie just really throws herself into her old lady persona. Uh, (laughs) She (laughs) uses it as an excuse to just be as grumpy as possible, which was just really fun. Mm -hmm. And then you've got Howl who is this wizard that she goes to, and he's just so dramatic about everything, and their relationship just develops so fantastically, and it was just really fun. So Howl's Moving Castle, if you want a fun time. And then (laughs) my other favorite book is The Three Musketeers by Alexander Dumas, very long book, which is why I did not choose it for (laughs) this podcast. I also don't know that I really want to rip apart this book because it is probably my true absolute favorite book of all time. So I've read it three times all the way through and partially read it a bunch of times. It's kind of my go-to if I want to read but my brain won't shut down enough to read something new. It's it's a classic, so you probably already know the story. You have D'Artagnan, who is this young man on his way to become a musketeer. We follow him as he meets the musketeers, Athos, Aramis, and Porthos. And the humor and wit in this book is just absolutely fantastic. The first half especially, super funny. Just the way that D'Artagnan meets the other musketeers is almost slapstick in nature. It's It's so perfect. <laughs> And there are so many duels, and there are tennis matches, and there's intrigue, and the second half is just a bit more serious. It does get serious towards the end. You know, I may have forgotten the ending the second time that I read the book and was surprised by what happens to some of the characters. Not really, not necessarily the best female representation. I don't know. I still... Love the Three Musketeers. Is it historically accurate? Meh, slightly. Enough. Not necessarily enough. The Duke of Buckingham is in that, and he was super bi and was in love with the King of England and was his lover, and that is nowhere listed in this book. If you know The Three Musketeers, the Duke of Buckingham is not any man's lover in that book. So, Dumas, do, do better. <laughs> do mom more like do better more like do
1: boss
0: (laughs) all right well christina we're going to continue the journey of favorite books by going to your favorite book next christina what is your favorite book
1: so this is Actually, one of my favorite books of all time. And the book is Fight Club by Chuck Palahniuk, a classic for, I don't know, it's probably a lot of men's favorite books. And I'm here to break that gender stereotype. This is one of my favorite books of all time. I first read it when I was 15, and it changed my life. So here we go. Yes. You know, not to be... Not to be inflammatory
2: immediately, but I feel like the author himself has been like, if you meet a man who says that Fight Club is his favorite book, stay away from him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, uh, there is a lot of controversy, especially in the incel community, (laughs) about people uh, being inspired by Tyler Durden. But I am not a man and I'm not an incel. I am a woman who found this book, I don't know, empowering, I guess, in some weird way. Okay.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well
1: and to be yeah, so what the author said doesn't apply to me because I'm not a man. And when you meet me and I say this is my favorite book, it just makes me a cool woman, I think. So
2: Well, we'll see once you actually read it.
1: I know, I'll be like, uh, I forget <laughs> I ever said anything I ever said.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. I couldn't even finish the book. <laughs> just kidding. Look forward to our next episode. <laughs> I just
1: watched the movie instead.
0: (laughs) Wow.
2: Should we watch
1: the movie, Christina? Have you seen the movie? Do you love the movie? I've seen the movie a million times. Like, probably more than a million. Like, honestly, I've seen the movie so many times. If you feel so inclined, I would say watch the movie. Also... Oh no, also, Meatloaf is in it, so. I... Oh, God. <laughs> R- RIP Meatloaf. I know,
2: what a, what a time to be reading. I know. This book.
1: And there is a part when he dies and they memorialize him by saying his name over and over again. His name was Robert Paulson. It's a really iconic scene.
0: Well, the spoilers, I guess. Um, now we know he <laughs> dies. It's like an iconic scene. So, From a book and a movie that I have never read or seen.
1: Yeah.
2: But I was going to say, I, I, I'll try my best to watch the movie since you watched Shane for our, our Shane episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And I consider Shane a classic that everyone's seen. I don't actually think everybody's seen it. I think very few people have seen it, but I still yeah. haven't seen it. Hannah still has not seen Shane. Because <laughs> because she loved the book too much. The movie will
0: I loved the book. never
2: live up to our expectations. I loved
0: the book so much. That's fair. That's fair. Well, please check out the show notes to find all the ways that you can connect with us from our Instagram to our email. We would love to hear your thoughts on the darkness outside us. Make sure to leave a five star rating and review. Thanks for joining in on our discussion. And until next time, don't forget to treat yourself. <laughs>